Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of Smells Like Business, a podcast for anyone who wants to learn more about the current and future state of cannabis in Europe. Every episode we talk to different business owners and cannabis specialists, making it easier for you to enter and better understand the cannabis industry. On this episode, we have Jacek Kramasz, the Director of Business Development and a partner at Hemp Poland back on the show. Hemp Poland was involved in the largest takeover deal in the hemp industry in Europe. They were acquired by the Green Organic Dutchman, one of the largest Canadian cannabis companies back in 2018. We discuss how the deal happened, how the company has changed and grown since the acquisition, what to look for in an investor, as well as how the hemp and CBD industries can still develop and move forward in Europe. On episode 12, Jacek and I discussed how Hemp Poland grew from humble beginnings to becoming one of the European CBD market leaders with their CBD brand, Cannabigold. We also discussed how Hemp Poland became the first privately owned company in Poland to obtain a state license, allowing them to grow and manufacture hemp, as well as many other topics. If you haven't listened to that episode, I highly recommend you do so first before listening to this one. But yeah, let's talk a little bit about the takeover. So you guys were acquired by the Green Organic Dutchman in 2018, and it was the largest takeover deal in the hemp industry in Europe, which is quite something. So what's the story? How did this happen? It's very, very interesting because we were at the right place at the right time. We've been watching the development of cannabis and CBD space globally. So we've always looked at our company as a global player. And with the cannabis boom in Canada and CBD boom in the US, the amount of resources that were poured into the business or into the space were enormous. It was much more than we could afford because we raised enough capital to start. And we managed to support our growth through the cash flow that the company was generating. But we knew that the business will become more and more professional. And we either have to raise capital ourselves to be able to compete on the market when the bigger guys arrive. Of course, at that time, there was a knowledge gap and there still is a knowledge gap between a company like us and the companies that are listed on the stock exchange and have huge resources. But this knowledge gap is closing. And the minute it is closed, it will be very, very difficult to compete. Not impossible, but difficult. And we had this global mindset. We saw this happening. So we were at the stage where we thought that it could add a lot of value to our business to leverage our knowledge with additional resources that we didn't have. And we actively looked for a good partner. The other contributing factor was the medical cannabis laws in Poland that recently changed. So in 2018, Poland adopted its medical cannabis laws. And uh, even though it was not our core business, we saw a lot of synergies between what we've been doing and between what can be done with the medical cannabis. Also in terms of our expertise, our knowledge, but also in terms of uh, our market skills, ability to sell to the pharmacies, the brand awareness among the patients. So we were searching for a partner who could, because in Poland you can sell medical cannabis, but you cannot grow. You have to have the external source of supply. And at that time, Canada was the obvious direction to search for that supply. 
And funnily enough, I met colleagues from TIGOT because of something I uh, agreed to do as a favor, because it was the long-term cannabis activist in Poland who was also founder of Wolne Konopie. And he asked me to join a business call he had with a Canadian company. And he asked me to help him translate. He was not confident enough with his English. Not rightfully, because his English was good enough. He could have done it perfectly himself. But he anyhow asked me to join. And I have no incentive to be there apart from helping him. So I joined. And it shows also that, you know, in this kind of business or in this space, in many cases, if you give, you will receive as well. So I'm happy how the things have developed from that time. So at some point, okay, we were searching for a partner who could help us capitalize better our operation because we also knew that a lot of investments are needed into R&D to constantly develop the product. If you don't grow or if we stop our growth, effectively, we're going backwards. So we knew we need to inject capital. And it happened so that the Green Organic Dutchman were looking for partners in Europe and they were looking also for acquisition targets. So we quickly came into common understanding. We really like the philosophy of the Green Organic Dutchman. We think it's a unique proposal to the market to be 100% organic. We think organic is a key differentiator point for cannabis. It's something what both recreational customers as well as medical patients are seeking. So we liked everything about it. We like the company philosophy. We like the synergies that there are between the companies. So this was an obvious move and it felt right to go into this direction. And it's great that it came out of a phone call or just trying to help a friend of yours with translation. And from that, you had the biggest takeover in Europe in the hemp industry. I think that's amazing, you know, just from being in the right place at the right time. So that is quite a great story. Yeah. Was it a difficult process? You know, was there a lot of negotiation going on? I think it was fairly smooth. I had some experience with mergers and acquisitions coming from my capital markets days. Mm -hmm. So I knew what to expect. I knew how to negotiate. We knew how to prepare for the due diligence. We understood the instruments that are used in the negotiations and how this evolves. Because I knew how to evaluate the company. Because I remember that in that time, also, the prices for acquiring companies were crazy. Yeah. So the valuations were not based on any fundamentals. And I knew or I was able to estimate how much our business is worth. For us, it was quite easy to give a credible valuation to the acquiring partner and justify our valuation, which created confidence in our partners. And for us, the main value of the acquisition was not the money that we received. The main value we had in the acquisition was the opportunity for growth and to stay in par or to stay on the same level as the biggest global competitors. Because this was the goal for Hempoland. The goal was not to capitalize on our investments or on our personal achievements. The goal was to create something bigger. The goal was to give ourselves the opportunity to grow in the way we grew until now. We knew that if we do not change anything, or if we do not recapitalize the company, raise more funds, we would not be able to sustain the growth of the of the company and support fully the team that needed to develop together with the company. So I don't think we negotiated very, very hard. 
and the negotiations happened in different areas where people think they happen. We did not negotiate about the money. We more negotiated about the plans for the future and how we envisage the growth, how we envisage the development, how do we see the position of Poland within the group, how do we work together later on, etc., etc. So from that perspective, I think it was relatively smooth and friendly, and it was not a very complicated process. Of course, there was a lot of emotion in that, a lot of sentiment that we needed to deal with, But effectively, it was a successful process. And I think looking back in time, everyone who participated should be should be proud of it and achieved their goals. Okay, great. Well, that's good. Like I said, it happened a couple of years ago. So if you can look back and you feel it's the right decision, then it must have been. I know that the Green Organic Dutchman, they took over with 100% stake of the company. So why was that? Why did you agree to have 100% takeover? There was several reasons for that. The main reason was that if it is, let's say, a lesser investment into the company, effectively, there might be some sort of a conflict of interest between the founding team and the new owner. And the founding team typically have very strong view and very strong perception to which direction the company should go. It's not necessarily in line with the overall strategy of the group. And in order to avoid this kind of conflicts, we decided that it is safer and more transparent for everyone to go for a 100% acquisition. Initially, we talked about partial sell, but quickly we changed for the 100% acquisition. We thought it's more logical step and creates less potential room for conflict of interest. Yeah, that makes sense. Did you notice many or any significant changes after the takeover or was it business as usual, except for the fact you had a lot more investment and money to work with, of course? Of course, a situation like that or the acquisition like that changes everything that you have in the company. It changes everything in the mindset of the managing team. It changes the goals, the strategy of the company, the way you approach every single decision you take as a company. Because in Hempoland, in which I was the owner or one of the owners. When I took a decision, I took it on my behalf and on behalf of other owners who worked in the company and with whom I had a daily contact. If I'm taking a decision for Hempoland right now, I'm taking a decision on behalf of our shareholders or the shareholders of our parent company, to be precise. So in the end, whatever risks I'm taking, I'm not taking risks with my own money. I'm taking risks with other people's money. And this is subjective and also depends on the mindset of the people, but I'm more risk averse when I take a risk with other people's money. With mine, I'm able to justify a lot of more risks than when I'm delegated to manage risks for others. And in the difficult space from the regulatory perspective, like the space around CBD in Europe, it is more complicated to take decisions in the setup where you're not risking with your own money. So you have to behave differently conduct your business differently. I think that the change of the mindset that we encounter was very important for the long-term success. Because one thing is that when you are the private owner, you are more prone to take risks or you're more likely to take various risks or you choose risks differently. But the point is that the risks from time to time have the tendency to materialize. So 
when you're the owner of the company, you take risks, you have a success for two, three years, and you feel like you're invincible. You see these risks, but anyhow, you decide to take it because for three consequent years, you've been taking risks, you're used to it, and you think you're immune. But this is not the case. When you have to take a decision on behalf of other people's money, basically, then you put more attention to the fact that the risk might materialize and that it will not be you who suffer the consequences, but the people who trusted in you. And this changes your view. It might affect your short-term performance because there will be some opportunities that you will miss because of that, but it gives you a different perspective on the long term and gives you a lot of benefits in the long term because you tend to feel more strategically and less tactically. So this changes, at least for me, this was the biggest change that I saw in how we behave or how we run the company after the acquisition. Okay, interesting. Yes, I also know that becoming a leader in the European market is one of your main focuses at Pemp Poland. But now that you are actually owned by a Canadian company, has that changed at all? And are you shifting some of your focus to North America? No, the strategy of the company is that Hemp Poland is the European company and this is where we focus our activities. The North American markets are more perimeter of where our parent company operates. We're supporting the operations, of course, whenever necessary, but European markets itself are big enough and it's a goal ambitious enough for the team to focus on right now. Of course, yes, that does make a lot of sense. What advice would you give to anyone who is considering looking for a potential investor or investors? I think that when you do it, you have to answer yourself very well why you're looking for the investor. What is the need? Why do you need an investor? Why are you searching for the investor? And what do you need from that investor? Because this gives you an answer. What kind of investor do you need? Second advice is to be realistic about your valuation. Especially today, I think it will become increasingly difficult to raise capital in CBD and cannabis space in the upcoming years. And third thing would be to be transparent or make your potential investor aware of all the potential risks that the company will be facing also on the regulatory front, because this will hugely affect the strategy the company will take and therefore will also affect the appetite of the investor. Basically, you have to manage the expectations of the investor. And if the investor is not aware of the various problems, difficulties, problems in the regulatory space, exactly, he will not understand the strategy and he will not have the realistic expectations about what is achievable and what is not achievable. So I think these are the three things for me would be important at this stage. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so be as transparent as possible in in both the good and the bad. (laughs) Yeah. Especially the bad. Especially the bad. Okay, okay. So I got a couple of questions that are a bit more European focused. So you're based in Poland, and I was just wondering, what is it like being a hemp and CBD company operating out of Poland? Has it been challenging or is it difficult? Because the impression I get is that Poland has got quite strict laws and regulations that it's not actually maybe the easiest country to set up and run a business. What would your take on that be? I have no comparison to other countries, so I cannot make an honest comparison. For us, not an easy answer, to be honest, because there is a lot of strength to base your business in Poland. 
first, we're part of the European Union, so we have much broader market to access. Second, Poland itself is a big economy and it's a rising economy. So there is a big internal market that can be addressed. If I were a Slovenian company, Slovenia is a big hemp hub as well. I can count for my international expansion, but my internal market is smaller, which means I have, you know, a smaller base to grow from. Whereas for us, if we establish ourselves as a big player on the Polish market, Polish market itself in the long term is big enough to sustain a huge CBD player. 40 million people in population with growing GDP per capita gives a great base in the growing business to build a company. Effectively, if we focused only on the Polish market and we did whatever we can here, we can build a mid-sized company or a big company based solely on the Polish market in the long term. This is a big, big strength that is, of course, attributed to our location. Where I see some downfalls is the difficulty in conversation with the regulator, but not in terms of how strict they are, but in terms of how unwilling they are to have a conversation. If I compare the situation in Poland to, for example, UK or Dutch market or even German market, I also have the experience dealing with the regulators because I'm working with the European Industrial Hemp Association as well. So as part of AHA, I participated to meetings with different regulators. So I, I met with the regulators in UK or in Greece or in Germany, but I've never had an opportunity to meet with anyone in Poland from the regulators. I think it is, let's say, a legacy of our previous system that was quite corrupted. And there is a perception coming from the officials that if they meet with business, they might be accused of corruption, which is not a case, yes? But because they are so concerned about it, they are unwilling to meet and have a conversation, even if there is no you know, bad agenda behind. I think this is what triggers this kind of behavior. So it's not necessarily ill-willed or it's not necessarily their lack of interest or their lack of understanding and willingness. It's more the fear, I would say. I can imagine that must be a little bit frustrating, to say the least. It is, yes. <laughs> yes. And would you like to see a sort of unified regulatory system for the CBD industry in Europe? And if so, how do you think that could be done? Yes, that, of course, would be a great help. Creating a level playing field gives everybody economies of scales and makes running a company much, much, much easier. So that would be a fantastic situation. From my perspective, we need two things, and it can be done relatively simply. One thing is to accept that hemp extracts and CBD have the history of consumption prior to 1997 and therefore are not a novel food. Right. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is to set up a reasonable guidance or reasonable values for acute reference dose for THC in food products in line with the recommendations of European Industrial Hemp Association. So AHA formed a scientific advisable levels of THC in food products. It is perfectly possible to make full spectrum products consistent and meeting the requirements of AHA without being harmful to consumers and without the possibility to generate any ill effect or intoxication of potential abuse on the side of the potential consumers. So from my perspective, if we accept that CBD and hemp extracts are not novel, and if we provide reasonable guidance for THC limits in food products, 
that creates a level playing field for everyone and makes it easy to operate for businesses. It is not so simple also because of various international laws like single convention on narcotic drugs that effectively forces countries that are signees to the convention to have specific provisions that are aligned with the convention in their local laws. So amendment of the convention will result in changes in the local laws. The recommendations that were formulated in 2018 are in the right direction. Adoption of those recommendations into single convention and their subsequent move into the local laws, I think will remove 99% of the hurdles for hemp and CBD companies in Europe. Are you happy with the way the hemp and CBD industry is moving forward in Europe? I think we reached a level when it will be difficult to grow or to continue to be happy with the growth of the industry without establishing clarity over the regulation. So until now, I think the development of the industry overall was good. I know that there are quality issues. I know that there are, you know, companies that or people who basically are capitalizing on, I don't know, lack of knowledge of patients or abusing other people's trust. But it happens in all industries. Camp is not unique to that. Might have been that in the very, very beginning, there were more people or disproportionately more people in hemp that had this kind of mentality, but it was due to how fast it was growing and how unclear the communication overall was. So how little knowledge there was on the side of the consumer regulators and and businesses. But that's a typical characteristics for every infant industry. But I would say... I'm proud of how the industry developed and how it is changing. I think the next step that needs to be done is to clarify the regulatory landscape. Without that, we reached the size in which we can no longer be ignored by the regulators and lack of understanding on their side will result in many, many troubles if we continue the way we continue. So I'm hopeful that with the joint effort, we will be able to pave the way for the future for the whole industry. Yes, as am I. Absolutely. Well, I only have one last question, and that is, if you could go back in time, is there anything you would do differently? No. For one reason, I can give you a more elaborate answer or less elaborate answer. So less elaborate answer is I'm happy in the place I am right now. I know that in the early days, we've been taking tens of decisions every day. Smaller and bigger decisions. And small decisions lead to a bigger decisions. If I take out one domino from that path, I don't know where I arrived today and I'm happy where I am. For this reason, I should not question the choices we've done in the past. We've made the mistakes, but mistakes are also teaching you something. So if I have not made them, I wouldn't have known what I know today. You learn from your mistakes. Do do you know who is Leszek Balcerowicz? You've heard this name before? No, I don't think I have. Leszek Balcerowicz is the economist and he was the Ministry of Finance during the transformation. So when Poland changed from the communist economy to the capitalist economy, Poland was the first country that changed its laws and changed its economy from communist to capitalist. And Leszek Balcerowicz was the Ministry of Finance and effectively he was responsible for the transformation. I once attended a lecture of Leszek Balcerowicz and he's always asked this question during his lecture what he would have done differently. yeah. And he said that 
It's impossible to tell because he said, I've been working 16 hours a day, seven days a week, yeah, with no sleep. And we were taking decisions and doing and moving so fast that we were not able to consider every single decision. It was not about each decision. It was about how radically you are taking them and how fast you are moving forward. And for me, it's the same. The way we went with Hempoland from the start when we had nothing to where we are today, it was a lot of work and a very, very fast pace, taking huge risks and huge amounts of decisions every day. So what you can decide upon is how fast you are acting, what strategy are you taking overall, but you are not able to decide upon each single decision because the strategy decides for you. That makes a lot of sense. And of course, in this hemp world and CBD industry, it is moving so fast and growing so rapidly that if you had to stop and think and contemplate on every little decision you make, you wouldn't get anywhere. You'd have to go backwards. So I guess it's just full steam ahead and believing in the bigger picture and having, like you said, a strong strategy and a strong team to work with to really achieve that. So where can our listeners find out more about Hemp Poland, Cannabis Gold and the Green Organic Dutchman? Sure. Okay. So, of course, we have website, Hempoland EU and Cannabigold EU, Cannabigold PL. We have also Cannabigold.co.uk, which are the websites for our brand. We run uh, social media. So we have Facebook accounts. We have Instagram accounts. Product is available in the shop. So the best way to get in touch with us is to buy one of our products and try see the passion and all the effort and the knowledge and the work that went into it. I think it is best experienced through just sampling the product. I can say thousand words about the product, but in the end, the, the consumer experience is what explains the difference with our product. So I would encourage everyone to do so if they want to learn more about us. The product speaks for itself. <laughs> Correct. Great, great. Well, Jacek, thank you so much for taking the time. It was an absolute pleasure and I definitely feel like I've learned a lot. So I think I'll have quite a lot to digest here. Yeah, it was a great conversation. I do hope our paths crossed. Thank you for this opportunity. I'm always happy to talk to people who have genuine passion in the business. So also interesting questions stimulated my mind and allowed me to reflect on many things. I take from that conversation as much as you, if not more. So thank you. Uh, that's great. Um, that makes me very, very happy to hear. So that was Jacek Kramash, who I just want to thank again for joining us on the show. If you want to find out more about Hemp Poland, make sure to visit their website and check out their CBD brand, Cannabigold. Also, if you want to find out more about the Green Organic Dutchman, you can check their website out at www.tgod.ca. That's tgod.ca. Please do remember to subscribe to this podcast if you like what you hear and do check out our website at www.smellslikebusiness.com. I've been your host, Tom. Have a green day, everybody. Business.